Welcome to Younger Older. Thank you for listening today. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute. And it's my privilege to be able to come to you with various guests and talk about life and a relationship with God. I hope all that are listening understand that God created you and loves you and really has a plan. And if you don't know that, you need to come to him. And I invite you to do so. Um, you can contact us here at Silver Birch Ranch or Nicolay Bible Institute. You can contact Q90 with a station in Green Bay that this plays on. We would love to talk to you about a relationship with God because life isn't about religion. It's not about our performance. Um, I'm a kid that was considered a, a handicapped child when I was young. I knew God loved me, and I was also an all-state football player in college, and I knew God loved me. You know, the, the variable there, it doesn't change. God, God's got a plan, and he loves us. And we're just happening today to be talking with Mike and Bill about some sports topics and, uh, and ministries. Uh, Mike's in, involved in the FCA in the Green Bay area, and we invite you to go there and check them out. It's fca.org. Org. And if you're a, an athlete, you want to have some fellowship with other athletes and be challenged spiritually, FCA is the place for you. So go to fca.org and check them out. And uh, it's great to have you with us, Mike. And Bill, you're working on both. You have a book that, is it published? Is it out yet? It's about to be released. It's imminent. Okay. And, and you also have a ministry going with the book? Or can you explain what you're doing? Because... You're, you're involved in sports. Your son has been involved in Nicolay Bible Institute, and what a privilege mm-hmm. it was this year to be a part of his life. He's going to be with us for another year and as our RA, and we're, we're, I'm thrilled. He's a, he's a fine young man. So you've done something right in his life, um, oh, and God, you've yeah. seen something in life that you're burdened by, and I love when God burdens a man with something <clears throat> because um, I know you feel inadequate. I know that trying to write and trying to get things to a point where people even understand what you're doing can be frustrating. So tell us what it is. What, what, what book did you write and why, and what are you working on right now? Sure. Actually, the, this is going to be the first book of five. Okay. So this is a series that's called SCORE, and SCORE stands for Sports Creates Opportunities to Respect and Encourage. Uh, this first one has a subtitle called A Guide to Supporting and Instilling Exceptional Sportsmanship. It is for parents, grandparents, and adult influencers. So these are the most important people in young athletes' lives. And that's really my passion is to make a difference in youth sports, to allow kids to be able to have fun again, to be able to be allowed to play uh, like I felt I was able to do when I was growing up. It wasn't about every weekend going to some tournament uh, that the entire family maybe had to invest over $100 just in admission fees at a gym to watch a youth a basketball tournament. Uh, it's not about uh, forcing kids to pick one sport at the age of six or seven. You know, praise God, Jackie Robinson participated in four sports in college. Baseball was his least favorite, and that's the one that the Lord used to influence our history. Those things are powerful when it's allowed to happen. So Team Score is a, an organization, a ministry that I created. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that was actually started in 2006. And I thought at that point 
that everybody would buy into what was taking place and the donation dollars and sponsorships and things like that would just flow in like milk and honey. And of course, that's not the way things work. It is not. It is not. And I've learned that uh, since then, uh, still working full time in a different position as the executive director of St. Vincent de Paul in Green Bay. And when you work with the needy on a daily basis, uh, not only are those needy outside of our walls, but they actually are inside our walls as well. Absolutely. Uh, the needy is not just financially needy, it's emotionally needy, it's spiritually needy. Uh, people are everywhere that need help. So we need to be aware of that. Uh, but the team score itself is focused on youth sports and trying to improve that environment surrounding youth sports. So when you say environment, you're talking about parents, grandparents, coaches. Right. Um, stadiums or, or venues because they're not always stadiums. I mean, they, they could be cross-country track or right. something else. It's amazing what's available to kids today. You know, a lot of these high schools are really like small colleges uh, when I was growing up anyway. But uh, the second book will be for coaches uh, outside of the parents, grandparents, and adult influencers. Coaches are probably the most important people in young athletes' lives. And unfortunately, not all coaches are doing it for the right reason. Uh, you mentioned in, in the most recent podcast that we were part of that uh, you had some great influencers that were coaches, and they encouraged you. Oh, absolutely. And, and those are great, and we know there are some out there, but there are those who need help. They need instruction. And, and unfortunately, sometimes the first warm body that shows up, or maybe it's the last one that shows up, gets picked to be the coach, and they're thrust into a position that they're not you prepared know, for. Let me interrupt you here because I'm thinking, okay, if I'm an, a, a, an AD somewhere, uh, athletic director, and I'm looking for a coach, you know, am I really looking for someone who knows how to win or am I looking for somebody who knows how to encourage young people to be the best they can be? I mean, it's, it's nice that you win. That's a great byproduct. But you put people out on the field that you can trust, that have character, that, mm -hmm. that you can encourage. I mean, those coaches I mentioned in the last podcast, they can ask me to do anything and I do it. You right. know, why? Because I saw their heart. And it wasn't about just winning. No. They wanted me to win in life. They did. And Dave, actually, I think most coaches have that mentality. But I'll tell you what, you talk to parents. What do they expect of a coach? Well, um, my child needs to play every minute. We need to win every game. And so I think these coaches are just beat down. Now, are there yeah. some bad coaches? No doubt. But I think a lot of them, at least the ones I work with with FCA, they really understand they're there to help a young man or a young woman become successful in life. But the pressure on that coach to win and to uh, mm -hmm. make sure that every child is happy, it, it's an enormous pressure. And, Bill, that's what I loved about your first book you know, because I've been a coach, I've been a referee, I've been a parent of an athlete, it forced me to look and say, where am I failing in this system? It ain't just the coach. Right. It ain't just the referee. Where am I as a parent putting pressure on my child or that coach that's undeserved pressure? And that's what I loved about your book. Right. You know, one of the things that, that I really enjoyed in sports, uh, for instance, in football, I loved being the quarterback because I wanted to strategize. I loved hitting quarterbacks. I know you did. All right. That That's was like great. my brother. No he, wonder we get along. Right. My brother was the same way. He, he loved sacking me in our alumni football game that one year. But anyway, so I loved calling plays. I loved strategizing. My father-in-law now 
was actually my youth football coach, my first tackle football coach. And he taught me how to call plays. He said, Bill, basically I want you to go up and down the line, try running you know, in the different holes, see what works, and then we'll come back to it. Okay, So that was really kind of the onset of uh, developing a strategy. And as, as it went through, as I was going through high school, we were trying to determine even better strategy than that, you know, setting up different plays. And then we had a coach that came along and then all of a sudden started calling all the plays. And I hated it because now I'm a puppet. I'm just out there to basically call signals. Bill, what kind of play call is that? Yeah, I don't know. That's what the coach wants us to run. Well, you know, how, you know, it, it affected our team chemistry because really I, you know, I look at the, the huddle in football as kind of like a board meeting. Sure. You're there to develop strategy. You're going to go execute that strategy and then you react accordingly based on what happened, right? Boy, you are a quarterback, man. <laughs> I, you know, I get in the huddle and I say, what do you want me to do? Okay, fine. And I went and did it. So good for you. I, I, I know there were guys who thought like that, but I, I knew here's what this play means. And I'm going to go. I was always a lineman, either offense or defense. So I just did what I was told, filled my gap, and that was it. So I, I love your mind frame, but it wasn't mine. You know, mine was totally different. It was like, I'll just listen to whoever told me what to do. I know my brother was a non quarterback on offense, he was a receiver. And he said he would go into the huddle, and he and the other receivers, they'd they would be singing their favorite Led Zeppelin song and just waiting for the play call, what route to run or, yep. or who to crush, and off they went. And yep. so, um, but the, the other coaches that I've talked to that call plays, I said, are the kids nowadays really that that dumb? Are they le- that less smart, uh, unintelligent? He said, no, uh, I just can't have the patience to help develop the kids calling the right plays at the right time. Sad. And I said, why? He said, because I'm forced to win now. Yeah. The parents don't have patience. If I don't win, they will go to the school leadership and they will have try and have me removed. That is sad. Yeah. But that's that's the problem. And and you see that, the micromanaging that takes place. And in effect, then we have a world of people that can't think on their feet because everything is told to them. And you know, Don Zimmer, the late Don Zimmer, was a, a big, long-time baseball man, a manager and a former player from the early 20th century. But uh, he was asked one time, how come base running in Major League Baseball is so poor? And he said that's because these players don't know how to think on their feet. They have to be able to be told everything. And as they're running from first to third, because there's not someone right there telling them what to do, that they now are having a tro- problem or problems or trouble to be able to get to the next base because no, no one's holding their hand. So that's the sad thing. I, I think sports is very empowering if it's done the right way, but when it's not, it can be very limiting. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting as you, you talk about that because as I, I think through uh, the idea of developing young people, um, everything you said can be applied to what I do in discipleship. You're looking for what they're gifted at. You're giving them opportunity to develop it. You can't step in and give them all the details because you want them to learn how to do that. I was just talking to our food service manager about that. As he has young people volunteer to help and talking about, well, you got to give them responsibility and get out of their way. you you got to let them try it and realize that when you're not there overlooking them all the time, they're going to come up with the way to do that. And then you can help guide it because now you're, you're teaching them. And the patience for that kind of thing is remarkable because you want everything to reflect perfection all the time. Right. Well, you know, you're dealing with kids who are developing. 
you got to encourage them. And how would we feel as adults if God did that to us? Right. I can look at oh the times goodness. in my life when God let me fail so right. I could learn to depend on him. He's not an overbearing coach. He lets us get out there. He gives us the guidelines. We fail. He picks us up. And we've got to look at that mentality with our children, I think. Yeah. You know, it's, you learn more when you make mistakes. Uh, you really do. And that's, that reminded me of a, a situation in high school when we still had a coach that allowed me to call our plays before he left for a different position in a different state. But uh, I called a screen pass, and it just got blown up by the defense. And I was walking off the field uh, because we had to punt, and he yelled at me, Billy, what did you do to set that up? What did you do to set that up? And I said, apparently not the right thing because that didn't work at all. No, it didn't. Let's talk about that. And then we went and sat down on the bench and we talked, we reviewed the plays I called. And he said, okay, I think this would have been better here. You know, this and that, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So now I'm making an adjustment in life, right? And this, in this case on the football field, and thanks to this guidance and encouragement, I was able to go forward and, and succeed the next time. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of coaches are teaching young people how to be micromanaged. Mm-hmm. And they're not teaching them how to excel. And, you know, I'd be surprised if the things you're doing, Bill, really take off because you're challenging the system. Right. And challenging the system has its own troubles. But, again, you're no athlete, so go after it. I mean, it's not unusual to go into something where people challenge what you're doing. That's what sports has really been all about anyway. I mean, I totally agree with what the direction you're going, what we're talking about here. But I can see that man, if I'm an AD and I'm thinking, we just got to win, we just got to win, I got to have somebody out. Okay, well, we're, we're fighting this a little bit because how do you win? You win with people who are quality. And high schools need to, to work on the character of their people so that the colleges have better athletes that can not be micromanaged. And then at the pro level, we won't have all the other issues that are out there as well. So, because you know, if you do get to the pro level, you got a lot of money, you got a lot of other pressures. You better be a person of character, or you're going to mess up anyway. Right, right. So I I don't know if I went through the the rest of the topics of the books. No, uh, go. Uh, number three is for sports officials, uh, like referees and and whatnot. Uh, the fourth book would be for athletes, and then the fifth book to complete the series would be for fans in general. So those are the five roles in sports. If people do their role in a sporting event, obviously we would have no issues whatsoever. And honestly, one of the things that got me into this in the first place was a father at an off-season basketball tournament who was yelling and just ripping the officials a new one. And I, was, I stopped because we were there to watch our niece, and she was playing in a different gym in this large high school. And I said to Debbie and my, my kids, go ahead, you guys go, I'll be right there. I want to watch this, see how this plays out. And this father was just on this young, young man. It was, uh, you could see, was just starting out as an official. And then he was working with an, a veteran official. And then this father just kept going and kept going and kept going. Finally, the veteran official stopped the game. He went over to the stands. He stood in front of this gentleman, this father. He said, sir, what is your role here today? He said, oh, I'm here to watch my, my child. And he said, sir, so you're the father of one of these players? Yes. Sir, if you don't start acting like a father, I'm going to ask you to leave because right now you're not acting like a parent whatsoever. That guy didn't say a word the rest of the game. I was so excited and thrilled. I wanted to thank that official. And I wanted to go and give him a hug because he confronted it. 
and, and he nailed it and, and, and nipped it in the bud right there, and that was the end of it. And I walked back. I practically flew back to the other gym to watch my niece play because I was so excited about how that veteran official had Good. And, and, and if you're an that. official listening, you keep that up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, might, I might add, too, that is there a difference, and I'm just wondering, uh, I'm thinking of myself back in college. Um, girls basketball was just starting up. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't play basketball back then, but they were just starting to. So we had a team at our college, and all the football players decide to go. That, that's trouble right away. I mean, you're going right. to watch a girls' basketball game. And we were cheering just like the guys' teams. You know, I mean, we were, we were going nuts in the stands. And the, the ref would do something. we go, oh, you know. And we got thrown out, you know, because they didn't want that atmosphere. And, and I was thinking, well, this is early again. Uh, we, wow. I, and I look back and I think, you know what, I think we were just overly excited football players that were trying to support these girls' teams. And I didn't know anyone that had a, a bad sportsmanship attitude there. But every time the ref did a call that was questionable, you could hear the, the huge moan <clears throat> uh, from that group. So is there a line somewhere where, where your emotions are going to be in it? I mean, you're, oh, yeah. you're, your emotions are going to be in it. Is there a difference between – you know, going, oh, ref, no kidding. And what you just described with a parent. Oh, yeah. um, and maybe that's a wrong question, but I'm just wondering because I wonder where I would go with that now. No, you're absolutely right. And that's a topic that I, I do address in this first book about the line of emotion. And honestly, when I was writing my columns all these years, which in essence I was writing my books, because uh, I'm going to be able to use my columns for the books, but I was writing... Uh, in essence, I, I would tell people that I'm writing this as much for myself as for anybody else. Okay. Because I get excited at games. I do. And I get, I, I cannot tolerate officials that don't put out their complete effort. If they're standing in the backcourt and they're trying to make a call in a basketball game that, from the other end, don't don't give me that. Don't even yeah. hand put your hand out for your check because you're not earning it. Right. And, and I thought that as an official, I would under, get to understand more what the officials go through. Well, I do, and I did, but then my expectations go higher because I know what we went through as a football crew to be able to work at uh, Wisconsin State Final four times. Right. Okay, you're, you're not just taking just average crews that go or, or beginning crews. You take the best of the best. And we got to go four times when I was an active official. So I knew what it took, and we spent a lot of time doing that. So uh, let me – go ahead. No, I was going to say from, a, from an official's perspective too, Bill, and you know this because you and I have officiated together, be in position, know the rules, make the call. That's all you're asking an official to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are not able to attract young officials these days because they're so thin-skinned. You know, my daughter asked me one time, Daddy, does it bother you when the crowd boos you? I said, Andrea, every time I blow the whistle, half the people think I'm a genius and half think I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know the rules. I'm going to make the call. The officials have a big part to play in this. But like mm-hmm. the coach, they are under a lot of pressure. And right. they've got to just be above the fray here a little bit and understand, again, they're there for those kids. Right. Let me, let me throw something by both of you guys. When I watch an NFL game now or whatever, it seems like it's the norm to overly criticize the referees on every call they seem to make. But now we have a different variable. We have all that slow motion, uh, backup, slow motion replay where everybody can see everything. Mm-hmm. And the ref was watching that thing at full speed. Right. And I'm thinking, how has that contributed to bad sportsmanship? Because honestly, I don't like hearing the announcers on national television talk about that. 
It's like, you know what? I can show you. Look at, look at, look at. He's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. It's like, what are you trying to develop there? You, you, oh, you're let right. them decide it, and let's go on with life. They're people. Right. And, and that's part of the game since it started, that people are involved. And there's good calls and bad calls. Such is life. If your whole game's going to turn on one single call, maybe you should have played better. Right. The strike zone in, in Major League Baseball TV uh, presentations. Oh, man. I've, I've come up with this idea that I think there should be some kind of shock button that when they miss a ball and strike because it's outside the zone and they call it, that way we could push the button and give them an electrical shock. Yeah. And, and, of course, that wouldn't be a good idea. But you're right. Uh, there's a great video on YouTube. Uh, it's about the magic hockey helmet. Uh, it's classic. It's about 10 years old now, but it's about this young boy that's giving a presentation, I think, for a class. And he talks about how he changes when he puts on this helmet and how people treat him differently when he has a helmet on than when he takes it off. And that's officials, too. When they put on a striped shirt or whatever color the official's shirt is, it's amazing how people treat them differently. Right. And, and that's why each book in this series is going to be so important because it's going to be for each role that's conducted at a sporting event. And we all need to do better in all of those roles, that's for sure. Bill, if I can, how can people get in touch with you and learn about the ministry? Yeah, right now uh, the best place would go to BillGussie.com. You better spell that. Right, B-I-L-L-G-O-S-S-E.com. Uh, that will bring you to basic information about this first book that's coming out. it give you an opportunity to pre-order it. And then, uh, or order it, depending on when this podcast comes out. And then also there's an opportunity to schedule speaking engagements, because uh, certainly I, I enjoy talking about this in front of groups and trying to teach and help and encourage uh, parents that there is a right way to do this. Would, and, would you be willing to um, work with an AD or somebody who's just trying to figure out how can we do it where we continue to try and win but we also are more concerned with the character. I mean, my, my college football coach that I mentioned was very encouraging to me. He had a three-word motto, play to win. All right, that, that's fine. And actually, he got criticized for it from time to time. And I thought, why? Nobody plays to lose. Nobody comes out here and says, I'm going to play so I lose today. They, they come out mm-hmm. there and say, I'm going to play to win. That's an okay thing. It is. However... Notice what I talked about. It wasn't the winning that touched me. Right. It was the fact that he worked on me as a human being and, and what I needed to work on and, and how to get to where I should be with the idea in mind that when you go out on that court, you play to win. You don't play to tie. You don't no. play to just show up. We're not out. You know, you actually. So in life, it's the same thing. I want young people like your son who came to Nicolay Bible Institute. I want them to be successful first. Right. You know, and, and when you do that, everything changes. So you would be available to help um, ADs or people in in positions where they're they're choosing coaches or helping form those coaches' mind frames to and to help. And you I imagine you would too, Mike. Yeah, I I think there's a false dichotomy out there that you either win or you're a good sportsman. I think the two go hand in hand. Oh, they do. Oh, you know, yeah, you could be a very a bad point. winner. You know, my wife tells me that when I play game. Uh, that when I when I win in the way I actually was, you're a bad winner, and and I know what she means. It's it's like yes. you know you look at them like yeah no I'm still there you yeah. know kind of thing that that isn't you know and again I think some of that for me is you look at the NFL the professional guys and there's all this talking and acting it's oh. like can you just encourage the other team I mean you can be 
winning, that's fine. Yeah. And you should play to win. But to really point to me all the time, that isn't what it's about. We lose no. when that happens. You're right. You're right. We're very similar, Dave. Uh, last Saturday I was playing a horse in our yard. Uh, my two, two of our five boys asked me to come out, and uh, one's fiancé was playing as well. And I won both games of horse. And I hadn't practiced in eons, but boy, did I strut off the driveway. There you go. And, and it's funny because your other son's up here, you know, helping run the horses. So right. he's not hes not actually throwing basketballs up. He's actually working no. with real horses. So I know. So, yeah, you bet. Uh, working with athletic directors, that's thats part of it. Uh, I've, I've done that before in the past. I actually have over 200 presentations under my belt uh, when I did do this on a part-time basis. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see where God's taking it. Uh, you're, you're right. There's still a burden of me wanting to make a difference in the sports world, uh, the sporting world, uh, whether it's here or it's across the globe. Uh, uh, funny, I went on an article when I first started Team Score in early, uh, mid-2000s. Uh, a priest from India actually reached out because uh, the Marquette University Alumni Magazine uh, did an article about me, and it apparently went to somebody in India, southwest India, oh, Kar- Karali, India, I believe it's the way it's pronounced. And Father Anthony's been in touch with me over the years, and he wants me to come to India to to be able to do a talk on sportsmanship. Wow. Interesting. Well, you know, I would suggest that this is a, a great gift for the book. I mean, you can go get this book, and it could be a great gift for a coach. I mean, I Parents, you should be looking for a way to thank the coaches that work with your kids. You should be looking for a way to just be grateful. Get the book and give it to them. This would be an ideal gift for them. It could be a gift, again, that coaches or schools look and give to the parents because this could help shape how parents come to the games and see the purpose. So it could be that uh, school athletic directors say, let's buy you know, 50 of these things and make sure everybody on this team, their parents get this as a gift from the school. I mean, they could do that. And of course they could contact you. I don't know. I don't know anything about what things cost or how you do that, but, or it could be that a grandparent or, or somebody's listening and they could give it to their children or children, give it to grandparents. In other words, setting the atmosphere is what we're looking for. Not just right. a moment where you, where you say something nice, but let's reset the atmosphere in athletics. Or even a business leader, that might be involved in their kid's school that says, hey, you know, I could buy all the books or our company could sponsor all the books for uh, this particular school district or something or school. Uh, That would be great too. Yeah. I think, you know, getting a mind uh, frame switch is what's difficult. Nobody in Mm -hmm. this studio today is saying we should be people who play to lose. No. Yeah, and, and would you rather win a game or win at life? Yeah. Now, we want to do both. We want to win when we walk on that athletic field. But, coaches, you are helping your young men and women win in life. And that's the whole key and the whole job to me of coach. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I might suggest as we close this segment that it, it really is about developing the character of that child. And as in my case, as my coach saw who I was and developed who I was, I gave him 100%. And he didn't have to worry about what I did on the field. I gave it to him. And he had to direct that at times, the energy and what I did. But I would march anywhere he told me and Mm -hmm. do whatever he told me to do because he worked, or those two coaches I mentioned that were positive, they worked on my character. They worked on who I was. They saw who I could be. 
and they did that and that's hugely different and i encourage you to get a hold of bill get a hold of mike and see if they can be a part of your life and encourage you if you're in sports i'm dave wager again coming to you from the studios at silver birch ranch here on the campus of the nicolay bible institute in northern wisconsin we invite you to check those websites out as well as the others we mentioned during this time goodbye for now